0: the next best podcast with your hosts chris cashman 24 years old a former sheet metal worker mr america and twice mr universe and chris daniels
1: time magazine even named him person of the century
0: now from the cnc podcast factory here's the next best podcast
2: the CNC podcast studio, a bit chillier than usual, Chris, and that's because we are trying to acclimate because we are one step closer to becoming Hockey Town USA. <laughs> it's starting to get very real, Chris. NHL Seattle, big week. Big week, huge week. In uh, fact, I've got in front of me the headlines. Yes. Uh, that the various sources put out. We'll start with Forbes. Dear NHL, the city of Seattle has approved its key arena deal. Now our very own here, something you wrote. Seattle Mayor approved $700 million key arena renovation. King5.com. And then over on the likes of Deadspin, we're all the hip-happening kids Yeah. Seattle somehow reaches new arena deal without horribly screwing generations of taxpayers. I saw that headline. You've got a wide audience. Feel the the schemes, by the way, said uh, essentially the same thing. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Okay. And this was a big week and things are now officially official.
3: (laughs) Officially official uh, (laughs) until we officially break ground. How about that? Okay. Uh, Yeah. I mean, huge contrast in, in this story versus what you and I have talked about at length two and a half years ago when this got before the Seattle City Council essentially a de facto arena vote on Soto with the street vacation vote and how acrimonious that one had become, how many people filled the council chambers on both sides to make their case. And then this time around, uh, outside of the usual gadflies that are at City Hall that people uh, may not be familiar with, uh, there was not a single lone voice of opposition. Uh, uh, There was not anybody who stood up and said, I don't think this should be done. Uh, and, And that says something. It says something about the behind-the-scenes work that Oakview Group has done and, and other city leaders to, to mitigate some of the concerns in that neighborhood because, well, a couple of years ago, a year and a half, two years ago, there was a thought that you know there would be people walking through the streets with pitchforks saying, don't yeah. build this arena in my backyard right. in, in Lower Queen Anne or Uptown or whatever neighborhood you want to call it. Uh, that did not happen. KEXP was initially concerned. Uh, they they backed away uh, and said they're now happy with uh, this new development. Radio was, station, for the
2: record, it's, Yes, uh, essentially uh, next door directly to where Kieran is. Pottery Northwest was concerned, and, and that has been mitigated,
3: and they have historic status, and they're going to be part of this project. I mean, it, it really uh, was interesting just that the tenor and tone of this, after what has been such a Friggin' long story yeah. in Seattle. It depends on who you talk to. I say it's been 12 years of my life. It's been over 10 years since the Sonics left Seattle. Others want to say it's been 14 years yeah. since Howard Schultz went to the city and said we need to come up with a new arena plan. So it has been at least a decade, any way you slice it, uh, to get to this point uh, where the Seattle City Council and the mayor have now signed off on final transaction documents to begin construction on a new arena. It's done legislatively. The big clause now that's hanging out there is the NHL, in order for demolition to begin, according to these final transaction documents, and this is a big change. Show me the money. This is a big change from a couple of years ago. Show me a team. Is Yes, show us a team and demolition can begin. That wasn't the initial a goal of this project when it first started a couple of years ago. That's the goal now, is the NHL has to award that team for demolition to begin. It can be waived. Pretty big caveat. Can <laughs> be waived. So uh, I, I know that the city says Oakview didn't really care about that clause. Oakview says, eh, not a big deal. Uh, but for explanation's sake, and, and I've documented some of this online, dot KingFive.com. Marshall Foster says, hey, the reason why that clause was thrown in there is it's added uh, strength in the bid from Oakview that if anything ever happened to Oakview, that the NHL fully backs this kind of mega project in Seattle. They're, they're basically trying to uh, say to Seattle taxpayers, hey, if something, God forbid, happened with Oakview, this is still going to go through, this is still going to happen over the course of what is a 39-year deal – with the Oakview group. So that's why that clause was thrown in, just a little bit more financial security for the city with the backing of a league. Now the question is, when does the National Hockey League perhaps move forward? Right. Uh, And that's, that's where next week, October 2nd, back in New York City, comes into play. But first, but first... We should allow the Liwikis perhaps. To yeah, answer. a
2: big—I uh, I don't want to say a dog and pony show, but a, yeah. a gathering of all the big shots involved here, including the mayor and everybody. This happened what on Monday? On Monday, immediately following the vote, uh and for people who have not followed along, a lot of us are playing catch up. Yeah, I mean, Tim Liwicky quickly trying to catch up with yeah. hockey and, get, and getting on board. But all the players involved—we got the Liwikis, we've got Tim and Todd and. What, Terry and Thomas and, uh, <laughs> Well, I will say I that Todd know. says, don't call me Tim. Uh, I mean, they're brothers. Uh, Tim is the
3: older one. Todd's the younger one. More people are familiar with Todd in this town right. because of his time Seahawks. with the Seahawks and the Sounders and Vulcan. He was the CEO, president of the Seahawks, left to go to Tampa Bay to run their hockey operation. How fortuitous. Yes, and then went to the NFL. He was the number two behind Roger Goodell. Right. Then comes here to Seattle uh, to run this operation on the hockey side. His brother, Tim, was the one who did all this business with the city, uh, with his what is essentially a startup company, but runs a lot like AEG, where he used to run. I mean, this is his background putting together these mega projects. He's the one who worked this out with the city, signed the documents, and now basically is handing off the football, right or basketball or the whatever the puck. let's start there. to yes, good point. <laughs> to his brother to say, let's get it down the ice. And that's that's who we're talking
2: about here. and this at this point seems like a bit of a formality, right? I mean, these guys have the experience, the connections. They've made it clear that, you know, their ownership group has ties already to the NBA. So we hear you over there crying about the Sonics. We got it. We're working on that. So I, I'm at the point where I was very, very skeptical. Now I'm a bit of a believer that that is very much a part of their interest. Whether or not that happens with this group, whether or not the arena is suitable, they've continued to talk about that and that it will be hockey- but it's going to be more. Of course, we know this will benefit the storm. They keep talking yes. about music, and and that's got me intrigued, frankly, because they keep referencing that we're something like forty fifth in the country or yes. around the world for music venues. It's a huge part but of. They want to be plan. top five, yes. and I'm curious, like, what does that mean? Wow. So let me let me say
3: a couple of things. One, uh, to the influential owners in all of this. Yeah. Jeff Vinnick, who is with the Tampa Bay Lightning, he's the one who brought in Todd Laiwicki to run his operation years ago. Went back when I was down in Tampa for the All-Star game earlier this year, pulled him aside. He was quick to mention Todd Laiwicki. He, uh, by some reports, is still part of the executive committee that will be making this review or or doing this review of the bid. So Vinnick is one. And Jeremy Jacobs is the head of the Board of Governors. He is the owner of the Boston Bruins. Uh, He is highly influential. And by the way, his company has an agreement with Tim Laiwiki to be the concessionaire at this new building at Seattle Center. Uh So he has a business interest in making this work. Those are two influential owners who will be part of this decision making. And I think it it helps them. Uh, You talked about, you know, is this a formality or not? I mean, there are 31 other owners uh, that are involved in this decision making, but the executive committee's smaller, about 10. I, I think what they say on October 2nd is going to is gonna kind of lead the way on whether the city waives the, the demolition clause or not or mm-hmm. if perhaps something starts a little bit earlier, uh, because I think what you're gonna hear coming up from Todd uh, Liwiki or Tim Liwiki is that they'd like to get demolition going sooner rather than
2: later. And you actually got together with the two of them after this big uh, get-together on Monday and had a little one-on-one. Let's take a listen to that.
0: I don't think we have to say much. I think it speaks for itself. Uh, An 8-0 vote, uh, a process that concluded when many people said it just simply couldn't be done. Um, We said we wanted to put our best forward, and today the city helps us do that. We put our best foot forward.
1: Moving back to Seattle, was it worth it now?
0: Um, It was. Today is a sweet day. This could have been a very different
1: conversation if that vote didn't go well.
0: (laughs) Um, I am so proud of my brother, who had the courage to defy critics, who kept dreaming when others said it can't be, and we get to today. And now we really get to dream. We get to dream about the National Hockey League. We get to dream about a presentation next week. We get to dream about the return of the NBA. Let's go. You mentioned those dreams. How real do those dreams? Now I mean it seems like the longer we go the things you just keep checking off the list at some point When do you kind of believe that this is gonna happen?
1: Well, this is gonna happen And so now this is about greatness. So this is about building a world-class arena for Seattle This is about being a part of a campus That's the Seattle Center and making that entire neighborhood better uh, with our partnership and and with our um, Uh, being part of that neighborhood. It's about the NHL and doing something that's spectacular within that process, and hopefully next week uh, we get a chance to do that. It's about the pursuit of the NBA and making sure we're front and center. It's about creating one of the largest points of destination for music in the world. It's about creating an arena that's top 10 in the world. And so now we have the opportunity to jump in, and now we have the opportunity to take control of our own destiny. And we look forward to doing that in partnership with the city and in partnership with the community.
0: On October 2nd, what questions do you think the NHL is going to ask of you, and what are your answers to that? In terms of support from the city, it looks like you got, you've done everything you can. Well, the support from the city was awesome, but on May March 1st, the support of the fans was truly the epic day, I think, for the NHL. 32,000 fans placing deposits, and, uh, you know, we owe them a lot. But today is the beginning of payback for all those fans who had the faith back when, and uh, we intend on paying them back.
1: When does construction start? Uh, We'd like to get in there as quickly as possible, but that will be, you know, the the one thing you've all heard from us from day one, never get ahead of the commissioners. We never got ahead of the commissioners, and we're certainly not going to do this at the end of this. So we will look for the direction of the executive committee and the commissioner next week as to a timeline that works for the NHL.
3: Does October versus December matter in terms of construction? Yes. How so? Uh, Two months.
1: (laughs) <laughs>
3: well, in terms of getting it done by 2020,
1: besides that, besides the other. Uh, we, would, we, we need to be in as quickly as possible, but again, I understand there's a lot going on within his world with his partners and the team owners. There's a lot going on in our world on the arena front as to timeline and getting a, uh, a guaranteed maximum price and making sure that we have everything done that we have to get done with the city as part of the agreement. But there's no reason that we can't hopefully get a little bit of momentum next week and convince people that a November push dirt, get in there and start working, works. Let's not forget, a week from Friday night, we have the final event at the old Key Arena. And from that point on, it's sitting there. So if we could get a little bit of momentum, get some confidence within the NHL, get some confidence in the partnership with the city, we would love to be in there sooner rather than later. Every day we get in there. That is a day sooner we get to open up that arena.
3: You believe a positive recommendation from the executive committee will satisfy the city?
1: <laughs> I've learned not to negotiate with the city through the media, and I won't start now.
0: Give a message to those thirty thousand depositors as hockey fans. Well, you know they were they were the biggest dreamers of all. They placed deposits without a team name. They placed a deposit without an agreement with the city, and. Uh, You know, I feel a little emotional about them today. Uh, I have worked for the fans here for two other teams. They have never let me down, and we're pledging to them today we're not going to let you down. We're going to bring this home, and we're going to make something great on their behalf.
3: This is an arena that was left for dead 10 years ago. A lot of people thought nothing could happen with it going forward. The fact we're standing here now 10 years later, what does that say to the two of you?
1: Well, it was his dream. So uh, he's the one that called me when I started uh, OVG. And he told me, don't forget about Seattle. And it's not about trying to build a new arena. We have to as a society, and in particular, I think Seattle um, is absolutely front and center on this issue. Why can't we take some existing assets and landmarks? Why can't we honor 1962 in the history and the tradition of the World's Fair? Why can't we find that 74-acre campus that most every other city in the world would love to have in the middle of their city, like Seattle has with Seattle Center, and build a brand-new arena by being a little bit creative? Uh, Now, he knows we did that in London with the O2. Today, the O2 is the single largest music attraction for live entertainment in the world. I believe that we're going to make Seattle one of the top five music attractions in the world. And we're very dedicated to making sure we have three anchor tenants in that building to join it. And it just took a little bit of dreaming and obviously a huge commitment from our partners, David Bounderman, Jerry Bruckheimer, and the local partners that are involved in this. Um, this is an expensive city right now. Construction is at a peak. It not only takes a little bit of dreaming and imagination and entrepreneurial spirit, it takes some guts. And the, gut, the gutsy part starts hopefully soon here in the next 30 to 60 days the two-year deadline you've set for yourself on this? Well, look, this is the most aggressive construction market today in North America. And so there's a lot that has to go right. We're very realistic that there may be some bumps in the road and some things that we don't control that could happen to us that will push this to a a year beyond where we'd like to play. But if we sat down right now and, and we became afraid of that, it wouldn't happen. And so we plow straight ahead, and we're dedicated to trying to get this ready for October, November. 2020 and that's what we're going to talk to the executive committee about next week
3: so just to clarify they were meeting with reporters i think you heard some other voices there that was myself and uh, assembled reporters immediately after that unanimous decision by the seattle city council to move forward with his final transaction documents you were talking about music Yeah, there's a
2: lot of references to that they want to make this a world-class music venue, top five, and that's got me
3: intrigued. Well, and here's the rub on that. So Oakview, one of the big partners, Irving Azoff. we're talking about Ticketmaster, Live Nation, they're involved in this. So they have have, uh, skin in the game, so to speak, uh, with this project. And I think with music and with concerts... The reason why they talk about it so much right now—that's essentially your second major tenant. That is right. your sports team. If you have 80 dates a year, 40 to 80 dates a year, that is your second sports franchise. Yeah, that's a lot of That's dark how time. you have to think about sure. it. Sure. And that's how they think about it. There's In only this, so
2: many American Idol tours. They and can think do, about right? their
3: business plan, and and you know they they're getting they're getting proceeds on multiple different levels with any sort of act that right. get booked there at that building. So the nhl appears like it's going to happen then you have the concert revenue and, and then the nba i think by all indications still a few years out uh, but they claim that they're building the locker rooms for nba teams like that the the setup of this building will be for an nba team to be involved in all of this
2: they've been saying a lot uh- beyond just the idea of hey we're that much closer to getting a hockey team they're starting to talk about the facilities in in building this training facility which sounds like mm-hmm. it will on its own be yes. something impressive and create lots and lots of jobs the construction at the arena itself will be you know essentially years of of, of labor so there's a lot that will be uh, you know just outside of the obvious headline here that is very very intriguing um, certainly around the country, they're even reacting. I saw, hey, I saw your tweet yes. on ESPN, Rachel Nichols, featured you. I think I got a shout out on ESPN about this, yeah. But that also created a bit of a twist yes. in regards to the NBA because, you know, we don't want to get everybody upset, but not everybody, uh, at least on that ESPN broadcast, was as passionate and positive about the NBA being a part of this.
3: Yes, uh, Brian Windhorst, uh, who is a longtime ESPN. Uh, reporter, NBA reporter, he he was asked by Nichols about that tweet and mm-hmm. whether that means the NBA is coming, and he actually threw a little bit of water on the fire on all of this, uh, saying that uh, it, it's his understanding that this is a, an arena that's not being built for the NBA or doesn't meet NBA specifications. I don't want to take his words out right. of context, uh,
2: but that's not the first time he has said that. Hmm. So either he's got a little uh, birdie in his ear or that's just kind of fun to play contrarian for now, Yes, for now.
3: (laughs) But I I think he's he's accurate, um, and he's accurate in most of the reporting he does, but he's accurate in saying that the NBA is not looking to expand, uh, that it's probably a relocation situation right now. And if that was to be the case, you're still a few years away looking at leases of NBA teams that are out there, it, it, it looks like it's still at least, in the very least, three years away, if not substantially longer before the NBA starts talking about Seattle again.
2: So for now, we will continue to focus on the hockey side of things, which seems to be uh, quite close. We went from a hurry-up-and-wait game to where now you kind of go, okay, it, it seems to be a bit of a formality. Maybe next week, first week of October, we might have some news on that. So then, of course, people are jumping ahead and saying, okay, well, let's get serious about this name. Yeah. What about, what about what about a mascots they have still not really other than to say yes we have a list but they have not told us uh what names they're really considering what mascots we know philly the flyers just unveiled their new gritty (laughs) mascot i saw that image of that i haven't slept ever since yeah um the internet is having a lot of fun with that it looks like they went to like michael's and said what are the clearance fabrics you're not using that furry stuff we'll take that give us the googly eyes yes or the rejected sesame street character yes that's That's where they were like yeah i don't think this one's ready for tv It was like a third cousin Yeah, yeah yeah from the sesame street so uh still no word right
3: yeah, no, they, they claim that that's something that is maybe the first or second quarter of next year. Uh, I, I think there seems to be growing momentum. Uh, the Seattle Times has uh, done what a lot of people have done over the last several months, and that's put together a name tournament. And yeah. I, I think you keep hearing the same names, Steelheads, yeah. Sockeyes, Totems. Metropolitan's, Totems has come up, Evergreens. You know, the challenge, I know some people have tried to read the tea leaves and, and, and the pictures and the designs. Uh, is is the color scheme, and I think the color scheme actually plays into what this name could be because the Canucks right up the road are green and blue and have an orca. They kind of look on the like front a of their
2: jersey. Throwback Seahawks, which
3: would be a perfect Seattle uniform. But hey, the Canucks already got it. Yeah. So I think that that brings up the idea that people say, well, maybe it's red and black mm-hmm. because the things that have been released so far from NHL Seattle, black and white, the designs a lot of red in the building. Uh-huh. I, I think that, that that plays into the idea of, well, you, you can't be the evergreens if you're going to be red and black. Right. So uh, it, it's one of those things that a lot of people like to talk about, especially in this waiting period now over the next 60 days, perhaps. You, you were talking about the money. I mean, it is, and, and why the city went down this road with Oakview Group, they're talking about a $1.4, $1.5 billion commitment. Yeah, private commitment to the city of Seattle. Private keyword, yeah. There is an argument to be made about parking revenues and naming rights and admissions taxes and how much they're going to get over time, and is that a backdoor financing thing from the city? The the city would tell you that it's not, that that they're still, under the terms of this deal, going to make the same amount of money, if not more than they, they currently make on tax revenue. And the naming rights and all that, but I know that's been a point of controversy. And the mayor, the council, the the people who put this deal together, Oakview, all saying private financing. That is a lot of money, yeah, up front, a lot of money. And I think, you know, when people say, "Well, why are they going back to Seattle Center? And why is the city doing anything at Seattle Center and Key Arena and all this?" They're making a more than billion dollar commitment to a, a private park. And you mentioned, yeah. Or to a public park. You mentioned the training facility. That's that's more money uh, on top.
2: And where where and that's where gonna be, and where it's going to go?
3: East property taxes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think there's there's indications based on some of these documents that it'll be somewhere in Seattle. Where that is in Seattle uh, is still is still up for debate. But I mean, that's more private right. investment in the city. I mean, they are putting up a lot of
2: money. And now that we are at this point where things are all but official. Uh, I, I must say, I've come around a little bit. Uh, I was very skeptical. I did not, I was pretty upfront as we yeah. started this podcast. I did not, like a lot of people, love the idea of Key Arena just because that area is so hard and I, to get in and out of. And I know they're saying, we're going to address it with traffic. And anybody who lives here and has grown up here knows that unless you're going to have hover cars, I'm not sure how we're going to fix it yeah. exactly. But that said, just accepting reality, this is happening. I got a little bit excited hearing them speak, uh, the Liwickies, uh, Tim and Todd and Terry and Thomas or on, whichever <laughs> one, um, talking about Seattle Center in general, because growing up, you grew up here, just yeah. like I did, that really was the crown jewel, not only the Space Needle, but the Center House and the Fun Forest and things that, you know, yeah. slowly became outdated. And, uh, it was a bummer to see so much of that go. And for that, the heart of Seattle to no offense to anyone involved, but to become quite irrelevant for for a lot of years, Seattle Center was not a place you went to really, well, unless there was an a, an event at the arena or yeah. something like that. So, to to do this and to by default really give an entire facelift to Seattle Center at large is kind of exciting.
3: Well, and, and to your point, uh, a lot has happened there in the last five to ten years. I, I think while you know, all of
2: this was uh, uh, just a, being lot people, about.
3: a lot of people, a lot of people have wanted to. Uh, poo-poo what's been going on at Seattle Center, say it's in dire need of help. Yeah. Uh, there have slowly been little touch-ups that I sure. think have kind of flown under the radar for, pe- radar for people who've only focused on the arena. Robert Nellums, who is the Seattle Center director, just in the last few years, has brought in Chihuly.
2: Yeah. The, has
3: the, brought in The money, Glass Gardens. $60 million for the opera expansion over there. They They've built a new park. Uh, the next 50 park in some unused space outside what used to be the center house. Yeah. That is now the armory with a bunch of new restaurants. In fact, yeah, with this who new arena, know- that is going to be where people go to quote unquote pre-funk. Sure. Uh, I mean, there, there are bars and restaurants and, and it's totally different than it was. Exactly. 10 years people ago. People who
2: have not gone inside might not realize it looks very different. Yeah. I mean, they've had, uh, they've had
3: special happy hours there yeah. uh, once a month, happy hours at the armory. Uh, and then you talk about KEXP. You know this very well. That that whole area was unused Northwest rooms, you know, dating back to the nineteen sixty two World's Fair. KEXP has come in there now again with with more money. And that whole area has been re energized. It's a gathering
2: space for people are thinking, it's a radio station. Why do I care? No, they've made it a public space. We yes. do some TV on King 5 there on a regular basis. And it's a, it's a gathering spot. The radio station's there, but it's a lounge and a coffee shop and a vinyl shop. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and you mentioned. The Chihuly Glass Garden, Mopop is around the corner, formerly EMP, people who have not gone inside. It's one of my favorite places in Seattle. I think it's spectacular. I think they were not doing themselves a favor when they said, oh, it's a Jimi Hendrix museum. People didn't know what that meant. It's so much more. The science fiction museum underneath, as you mentioned, the uh, fun forest area is now kind of a new playground area that's Mm -hmm. pretty upscale and fun. So I'm starting to see all of this come together, and I have slowly but surely come around to where now I'm excited for the inevitable upgrade that that entire... Seattle Center will get.
3: Yeah, I mean, Nellums is not a self-promoter. Uh, he, he's been a guy who's been a city employee for a long, long time. I'm sure he could tell you the exact amount of years, uh, but this has all happened under his watch. Uh, millions of dollars of new construction and revenue there at Seattle Center. It's, you know, dating back back in the 80s, there was talk about Disney coming in and trying to do a, a refresh of Seattle Center. Hmm. He's done it slowly, slowly. Uh, out of the spotlight, and, and now the next thing for him, the next challenge, is going to be Memorial Stadium, yeah. which uh, is complicated because that's owned by the Seattle School District, uh, and there is a question about putting a new high school in the heart of South Lake Union. Where where do you put that with all the new people moving into the city? That's really the only spot to put a high school there. How do you fit a stadium in and a high school? So it, it's been this this issue that I, I recently heard the former Seattle center directors say it has been an issue for 25 years yeah, well, and nobody can
2: find out, find the, the magic uh, cure. It's clearly the outlier with yeah. everything else having been updated. If you go by the old stadium there, I mean, he, even the vines on the outside have vines on the outside. I mean, it kind of looks a yeah. bit like the house from from the movie up. You yeah, know? like sorry, everything else here has been rebuilt. We got to do something with you so that's to come. Uh, but let's talk about uh, what's next, Chris. Well, what should we be eyeballing? is it is it next week is' it's it next together week. in New
3: York? It's next week in New York, uh, the Wy David Bonderman, Jerry Bruckheimer. Uh, we'll meet, and Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin, uh-huh. making the trip uh, back east to meet with the NHL's executive committee, which is made up of those key owners I mentioned. Uh, and there is a board of governors meeting that day as well. Uh, so it's roughly the morning into early afternoon with the one committee. They go over to the, the full board. Nobody is expecting the full board of governors to make any sort of decision. Uh, but there is probably going to be a strong indication from that executive committee on whether to move forward with this expansion application for whether it be 2020 or whether it be 2021. That is one of the questions that we hope to get an answer on next week. Uh, But perhaps uh, there is something more from, from the board of governors. Uh, I think it's unlikely, but perhaps there is something more and uh, whether that's enough for the city to allow demolition to begin, after the last event, which is also next week on October 5th, the Warriors and the Kings. It's gonna be a busy week yeah. for Key Arena and its future.
2: Chris, good stuff. As always, folks, when arena news breaks, we'll cover it eventually. <laughs> In the meantime, I gotta start studying up on hockey rules. Because Fight yeah. for Fighting, that's not just a band, right? No. no.
0: On Twitter and Instagram, at Next Best Part. This is the exclusive ending of the Next Best Podcast.